Hey, everybody, we are live. Um, I'm so excited. This is the first um, recipe for success of 2021. And I cannot think of a better person to kick it off with than Megan Chiarello. We were just talking before the show about how exciting it was to have Giacalone and Chiarello on the same show. So welcome, Megan. Thank you, Nancy. Oh, it is it is really cool to be on your first live, by the way. It's um, it's an honor. Like, this is awesome. I, I'm excited. Well, good. I'm so happy to have you here. So for any of you, um, if this is your first time I'm checking in, so the recipe for success, the whole idea behind it is all of us have one or two keys to our success. And every good recipe needs ingredients. So the ingredient that I wanted to talk to Megan about today is marketing, because in case you don't know, she is known as the marketing maven. So um, I want to start it off because Megan actually has some big news to share with everybody. And I would like her to tell us what she's doing now and what prompted her to make the move. Yes, absolutely. And by the way, like that marketing maven thing, it's so funny. It started like four years ago when I just wrote it in my tagline. I was not even thinking of like the marketing maven and it just kind of stuck. <laughs> and now I'm like kind of stuck with it. But uh, that was totally by accident, the marketing maven. Um, but yes, I uh, am very excited to announce that I am now the vice president of marketing for WellNet Healthcare. And I started this week. Uh, I've been in talks with them for uh, the whole month in revving up. And so when I started this week, it's full speed ahead. We've already got a lot um, in play already. So it's super exciting. Uh, the team is fantastic. They are so well, well knowledgeable in the space. Um, and the solution is something that I'm proud to stand behind uh, because it really is helping advisors actually put these alternative funding strategies into practicality. Well, that is um, super exciting. So you actually answered two questions in one answer. So that's good. Okay. So um, I want to talk about, again, um, I love to cook. Anybody that knows me and knows I love to cook. I am married to a good Italian boy. So um, I learned all the old school Italian recipes when I first got married. Right. And um, there's always secrets to recipes. So um, we all have our own little twist, our own little way of doing things. So what I want to ask you about and to help have you share with the audience is what do you think the, the key ingredient or ingredients to successful marketing are? Yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, so I, I always joke that I'm a one trick unicorn. So we do the same thing. We just do it fresh and different. So it looks and feels different, but it's the same method. So if we're using a cooking analogy, the ingredients are all very simple and they're probably always the same. So you know the things that work digital experiences, anything where you have to capture lead gen, um, drip marketing, teasing, um, having a successful like launch plan, um, a multi-integrated campaign, following up to segmented audiences. All of that is, I don't want to say marketing 101, but it's, you know, it, it's the, 
everything that's old is new again and you know everything's different and nothing has changed um so those those would be the ingredients is stick to what you know and use the same ingredients because the outcome is tested now the art to it is the unicorn is finding a different hook or um something creative make it fresh uh be timely um do one do one step more than what you see other people doing. Um, Robin duplicate is is a big thing in marketing. Most people, um, it's okay to like follow what works and then make it your own. Um, I'm a big fan of that. I always say that the, my best ideas were my, were never mine to begin with. <laughs> they were somebody else's, and then I just put my own spin on them. Um, yeah. And I think that's I think that's an important thing in business and in marketing is always to be paying attention to what's going on around you and what's working and adapting because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Oh yeah. I mean, I, um, and so a, a really easy tip is subscribe to a lot of things. I know it will like clog up your inbox, but like I'll get subject line ideas. I'll see like layout formats. Um, because after a while, you know, as a marketing professional, or even if you're not a marketer, maybe you're working with, with someone, not getting that outside perspective sometimes, you do kind of get stuck in the same model that works. So if you're cooking, you want to add some spice, you want to try something new. Um, so yeah, I mean, one tip that's so easy is just subscribe to a lot of things and be really on the lookout for subject lines and um, you know, e even how people are, are doing events. Uh, funnel hacking is a big thing um, where you subscribe to a funnel and you watch the cadence, watch how many times they follow up, what what other actions are they asking you to take? Yeah, that's, and then take it. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that myself. Um, I will see, um, for an example, being on the broker side, I get um, marketed by the carriers all the time and, and right. the third party vendors. And some of them come up with some really good ideas. And believe me, I, I, immediately write those ideas down and, and keep them and you know I'm not going to duplicate exactly what they did but believe me I'm going to use that idea and and push it out um, I'm a big fan of finding new and creative ways to connect with people I just I think it's fun yeah no I love it and I think you're a great example of somebody who also just does it too a lot of people are so I mean I talk to a lot of advisors they're just so afraid of doing anything because they don't want to do the wrong thing um, or they don't know how or they they want it to be so calculated. So, I mean, you've got people like Eric Silverman, you've got Andy Neary, you've got, um, you know, Lester Morales. You've got a lot of people in the industry that are telling advisors, just start and do it. And you are a great example of somebody that has just started. You saw things that you liked and you just ran with it. And believe me, half the time when I start, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I just jump in and it's like, OK, we're going to see if this works or not. And you know what? And it's okay to do something and have it not work because that's part of the process too. Um, you have Absolutely. to figure out what works. It's not. It's not just a you know one and done. Oh yeah, I mean even you know even in marketing, sometimes if a campaign doesn't work, um, that gives me more fire because I'm like, why didn't it work? What didn't we do? So I'm always like, okay, we got to change the email template. We got to move the CTA. We got to make it shorter. Um, I'm always testing. So when a campaign is successful, all right, high five. Yeah. But when it's not, that's like kind of what puts a little fire under my booty. 
<laughs> like, let's do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of that as well. Yeah. Okay, so, um, and again, you always look fantastic. Um, so you have a great sense of style and um, I have a little, uh, I have a little fashion problem myself, so. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> well, I mean, I love fashion. I love, um, I just, it's always been something that's been important to me. Um, so do you think that having like a personal style has had an impact on your career and success? You know, I, I wouldn't when I first started my career, but now, um, you know, 10 years into it, I definitely think it has helped, especially being on the conference circuit is what I call it. Um, you know, I, I, I love clothes. I love to, uh, and I really love work clothes. Um, so yes, I, I definitely do think it has had um, an impact. Um, I, I will say that I don't want anyone to feel worried about not dressing a certain way because that doesn't, um, it doesn't make who you are. But I definitely think dressing for success. I also feel better when I am polished. Because I'm short. <laughs> so like, I remember in conferences, I would be putting a booth together and I'd be in like workout clothes and like people would be like, Megan, I didn't even recognize you. And I'm like, don't look at me. You'll know my real height. Um, so yes, I, I, I do. And um, I, I really believe in building a professional wardrobe too. That's something that has really helped too. I have pieces I can pull and look put together and mix and match without spending a lot of money. No, it's never, it's not about the money, I don't think at all. But um, again, um, because I've been in this industry for a very long time um, and started at a very young age, I remember um, back in the day when I was one of the very few females in a very male dominated industry and I was a young 20 something <laughs> female. So yeah. I stood out like a sore th thumb. And one of the things that I, for me, helped me get in the right mental space was to have a professional wardrobe. And again, it has nothing to do with money at all. Yeah. Um, but that was something I took with me for a long time. Even when um, I started my own business and for a while I was working out of my house, I still put on my, I'll call it my suit, but my, my work clothes yeah. every day before I walked into my office because it got me in the right headspace and it helped me project the way that, that I wanted. Um, I think COVID has certainly changed that. I mean, I'm pretty casual today. It's, you know, I'm much more casual today than I was a year ago. And there's a part of me that misses that formality because Absolutely. it just kind of helped me from a, from a head headspace. I, I agree. And like today's probably the most dressed up I've been in a while too. Um, and yeah, I definitely, wish I could do this every day. And if I had to go into an office, I would, but it's true. Like if I'm sitting just in like workout clothes at the desk, I would say that my work output is not different, but my mentality is different. And my, my vigor is different. Um, so actually I think we have a question from Steve. Yep. Yep. I'll <laughs> let you put that one. Oh yeah, sure. Um, so you can wear jeans at a conference now or else do you think 2020 has impacted this topic? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love seeing like during the cocktail reception when people will dress down, but still look polished. So I, I think for men wearing jeans and a blazer and a button down, it still looks really crisp, but you've got that, like, it's five o'clock time now. <laughs> look, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I'm a big fan as well. Okay, so um, any other marketing tips or nuggets of wisdom you want to share with us before we move into the next section? Yeah, I just uh, something recently happened that I think is so important to think about. So always looking at what's going on in the news and being relevant and being quick. That that always gives you reason to create content and go out and ha and have something relevant to say. So we just heard the Amazon Berkshire news yes. and their breakup. Um, so, uh, and, and immediately you saw Paul Wilson put out an article, which was amazing. Um, and along the same time, we're putting together a pop-up digital discussion. It's going to be an intimate round table, but it's on everyone's perspective. And what is this foreshadowing for the future of healthcare? Uh, so, yeah, so we we got on top of it and we reached out to, you know, 30 brokers and said, we want you in this roundtable. Let's get together and talk about it. No, that's amazing. I saw um, I think Rachel Miner um, posted a video about it as well. Yeah. Um, and that was very, very timely. And I think that's a really good tip is just like we're always looking for marketing ideas, uh, campaigns, formats. We should always be thinking of topics. I literally swear to God, I think about them 24 seven. I might wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, I need to, I need to post about that or I need to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> no, it's so true and it's easy. It's just kind of being alert and seeing, you know, how can I make this into something? Maybe you can't, uh, but I found more often than not, you can spin it in a certain way and do something micro. It doesn't have to be a big event no. uh, to have an impact. Yeah, Steve has another really good question. Uh, it says, so do you dive into the DC chaos? I know a lot of marketers are wondering if they should or should not post about it. I think that's a fantastic question. Um, yeah. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it goes back to your brand too. Like so many brands, especially about a, you know, a year ago or a little less than a year ago with Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of brands took a stance. So um, I think if you and your brand feel so inclined and it's part of your business model to feel inclined to talk about it, do it. I, I do. I mean, if it's part of your brand and you feel it's part of your voice, uh, I think in the B2B space, it's a little harder. Um, so for us, like something healthcare related, obviously we can talk about um, politically, you know, you really have to ask yourself, what's the impact? What's the outcome? And what's the fallout potential? Right, right. And if you believe in it, if you believe in it, go for it. Right. And, but, and you have to be prepared for right. the possible outcome and think about that. Like, am I going to lose clients? Am I going to have nasty comments? Uh, am I going to just create negative energy out in the world? Yep, I agree. I agree. Okay, so um, each of these, I, I wrap up with my five burning questions. So here we go, Megan. What is your absolute favorite food in the world and can you cook it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, uh, you're going to hate me. I, I can't cook. I am the worst <laughs> Italian woman ever. Um, yeah, I'm not domestic. That's skips. That's, that's okay. Yeah, but I, I I love to watch people cook and I like to participate. So I'm a great sous chef. Uh, you can pour the wine. You're you're welcome at my house. Anytime. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I I I do like making breakfast. So, but my favorite favorite food. Um, I love mussels, and I know it's weird, but I, I do. I love mussels. Like even as a little girl, I was two years old, up on the table 
asking my grandfather to move the sauce over so I could dunk my bread. Um, <laughs> yes, love, love muscles, love muscles and love water. So do, are there a lot of, I mean, are there like fresh muscles in the Florida area? There, yeah, there are. I mean, I, um, I, I like them prepared like in a red sauce, like traditional okay. Italian, um, like really soft, like the big ones are really good. Yeah. Cause I can, I can literally go a mile from my house and go get muscles out of the sound if we wanted to. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, do you play a musical instrument? No, <laughs> I don't. Oh my gosh. I, I'm really not talented in that area. Um, I can't sing, but I love, I do love music and I do. Um, I, I, I can like count a beat. You know, because I used to dance. So I, I do. I love music. I love entertainment. I just can't contribute. <laughs> Nor can I. I can turn the radio on, and I feel like that is my talent. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. I'll dance together and uh, have a dance party. But yeah. yeah, and no one wants to hear me sing. That would just be a cruel and unusual punishment. No, I, but I love to sing too, and I'm so bad. I, I do too, but I just nobody wants to. I just don't want anyone to hear me because it'd be terrifying. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so since we talked about fashion, I had to have, have one question thrown in here for you. So, if you could magically own any handbag, designer or not, price being no object, you don't actually have to buy it. You just have to pretend you have it. Oh, this is good. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, and handbags are my thing. I, I got to go with a Birkin. Oh, nice one. Uh, and you know why? And I'm going to say this for the men out there. Women are buying them as an investment because they only go up in value. Like, it, I, it's amazing. Like, there are Birkin bags for 30 grand, over 100 grand. It is nuts. <laughs> I know. I mean, my, you know, it's probably a better, better investment than a diamond for sure. <laughs> Guys, yeah, oh, oh, you know, only, oh, oh, only like a fat, like something ridiculous like that would actually be yeah. an investment. So anyway, it's fun. It's yeah. fun to dream. It's fun to imagine. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what is your secret talent or something that people would be surprised to know about you, other than the fact that you're short? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, a secret talent. Well, okay. Why, why don't you tell me yours while I think of mine? <laughs> what is my secret talent? <laughs> um, I can ride a motorcycle. That's right. Oh my gosh. Oh, there you go. It's not so secret anymore because I pretty much have told everybody like everything about myself. So, yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, what can I? Well, oh gosh, this is terrible because I, I'm not, I'm like not talented. Um, I think you are. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna have to think okay. about it. I'm, I'm gonna get back to you on that one. Okay, well we'll give we'll give her okay, so we're getting a lot of feedback about the Birkin. So John thought it was he he wasn't really he said that that kind of fell in the same category as art, but however Tanya's on board with us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um all right, so who is the one person that you've connected with on LinkedIn or follow that you would love to have the opportunity to meet in real life? Oh yeah. Um, definitely. 
Trevor Houston. I don't know if anyone follows him. He is a podcast host and he he really does a show about like recruitment and connecting people for job opportunities. But I just think he's got a really cool vibe. I would love to meet him. Uh, you, I want to meet you in person. <laughs> yes, um, Joel Daniels is on here. I want to meet him. I haven't met him in person. Um, oh yeah, there's so many. There's a, a lot of you know influencers too that I would love to meet. So, um, what was you? Who did you say the podcast? I want to make a little note of that. Yes, it's Trevor Houston. Um, just how you'd spell it, like the city, his last it. name. And yeah, he's, you'll recognize him. I will definitely look that up. So um, I don't want to get off of here because I do have somebody on here that says, that asked a really great question. It says, any tips for being new to marketing in the insurance industry? It's a bit daunting and ever changing. And that's Olivia Bogelli. Maybe we, maybe we've got another Italian on here. I know. <laughs> we, we just, you know, we stick together. I know. Today. Uh, great question, Olivia. Yeah, I, so I, I was fortunate because I was able to go to so many conferences and I know we're in a time right now where we can't. So tip number one is attend any webinar that you can, but hosted by the vendors, hosted by the industry publications and absorb, you know, all the different key pieces. Um, so attending events is number one. Number two is asking brokers to to talk um, that was something that really helped me because finding out what makes the broker tick what they need what and then you get to know what the employers need too it helps you apply your solution to their pain and to their needs um, uh, she said she's German <laughs> uh, so yes attend the virtual events um, take a lot of notes Subscribe to Employee Benefit News, Employee Benefit Advisor, Benefits Pro, uh, and interviewing brokers. That that's what really helped me when I first started my career. Um, I, I and I'm not on your side, but the one thing that I think I I love when you said interviewing brokers because a lot of um, especially on the carrier side tend to assume they know what we want without um, ever asking us. And I yeah. think as brokers, we sometimes assume that we know what the client wants. Without, without ever asking them. And so, exactly. you know, having a good dialogue and asking a lot of questions is is huge. And I'm going to throw one other thing out there because this one thing that drives me insane is when I'm being marketed to, especially let's say when a vendor is giving me a presentation and they're reading their PowerPoint to me. Yes, I know. Don't do that. <laughs> I can read your PowerPoint. Yeah. Pull the points up and then then explain to me the rest of the information. Nancy, it's so funny too, because most brands, that's the biggest thing that they continually refresh is the pitch deck because it is so hard to nail um, and it is an art. How, like how you pace it, how much you put on the slide, what info you give. Um, so that's great feedback. And uh, as somebody who's been on the vendor side too, that's the one that I can say we're always refreshing the deck because it's so important. Yep, I love yeah. it. Okay, so I think we are at the end. I don't see any more questions coming in, but um, this was super fun. I love yes. having you on, and um, I look forward to connecting with you in person. I know. I can't wait, Nancy. Thank you so much. This was fun, and we need to do this offline, too. We need yes. to have more combos. Okay. Awesome. Take care, guys. So Bye. Bye. <laughs>